This is the Sideline Slice, presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie, and Husker Radio Network analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Welcome back into another episode of the Sideline Slice presented by Valentino's Pizza. I'm Jessica Cootie and Jeremiah Searles joining us on location this week. You're not in your basement with your all your decor. You're actually in Minnesota, right? Yes, I am in Rochester, Minnesota here at the Mayo Clinic. Um, I'm in an Airbnb here. My dad had heart surgery over the weekend, so I've been here helping him get back and better. He's getting discharged from the hospital today, which is great. And I will say this. The Mayo Clinic is unreal. Yeah. Excellent. If you've ever had an experience up here, I'm sure you all feel the same way, but everyone up here has just been top-notch, top-class. Everything's been fantastic. And he listens and watches the pod, right? So yes. I have to give him yep. a shout-out. Um, yeah, I was at the hospital with him this morning, and then I was like, all right, Dad, I got to go record a podcast. I'll be back. So <laughs> I took the whole setup. I got the computer. I got everything on site here. Couldn't let, couldn't let the people down. Well, we're, glad, people. we're glad he's doing well. We were thinking about him, of course, and you gave us an update. So we're glad he's doing well, and we're glad you were able to bring your whole setup with you, uh, the, all the headphones and, and microphones and everything, and, and uh, record the pod. But um, wish we had a win that we could, could break down today, but unfortunately we didn't. And, you know, we, we kind of alluded to this, but the turnovers, you had to take better care of the football, and it just ultimately caught up with the Huskers this week. Yeah, we've been talking about it almost at nauseum for the last few weeks, right, where you're not going to win a lot of football games turning the ball over. You're not going to put yourself in a good position and put your defense in a good position. And, you know, just too many turnovers, the two interceptions really being the killer there out of Heinrich. You know, so it's just one of those things that it's to the point now where I know people are tired of hearing about it and tired of talking about it, but it's the number one analytic in football that can determine wins and losses is turnover battle. And the fact that we lost that game by three points, having the turnovers that we did have shows growth, in my opinion, in certain places of how to battle back from adversity and not let things snowball completely out of control. You know, but at the end of the day, in order to win football games on the road, especially in a place that has senior day going for them and a team that has kind of been reeling in all sorts of ways, trying to just find ways to win, but have done well of competing and finding ways to stay in games. The turnovers are really the one thing you can point to in this game that was the make or break. You know, and, and not the standard of the defense that you're, we've been used to seeing. And, and they'll be the first to tell you, you know, with each week that they play and – you know the standard raises, and they want to they want to beat what they did the week before. They want to keep getting better, and and I don't think they defense in particular. Just again, you know, seeing what I saw on the sideline, just didn't feel like they were as pleased with that performance as what they've been in some of the past weeks. Yeah, you know, it's weird to not be pleased with a performance when you only give up 63 yards rushing. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's still a damn good day if you're a defense and you say yeah it's a big 10 opponent on the road in their house and we held them to 63 yards rushing you know it, the passing is what got to us a little bit more importantly the big plays yeah you know that's the thing that we haven't seen from this husker defense over the last few weeks is the big explosive plays and michigan state credit to them they had a good game plan of hey this is an aggressive defense this is a team that wants to hit downhill we're going to take some shots over their head early to try and get them to back off a little bit. And they executed those plays well, a couple big plays to the tight end over the middle, and then obviously a few big pass plays that were really not even yards after catch because I do think that our defense still does a great job of getting guys on the ground after they catch the football. 
but really it was the ball travel in the air and catching it 30, 40 yards and then going down, you know. So that's going to be a point of emphasis for Tony White's defense this week is to really minimize the explosive plays, especially going against a Maryland team, which we'll get into in a little bit, that is built for explosive plays and throwing the ball over the yard. You know, we're going to have to get that fixed this week so that we limit those explosive plays and don't put ourselves behind the eight ball. Besides the rushing yards or the lack of rushing yards that the defense gave up, was there any big positives that you saw on film or, or took away from this one? You know, for me, it's it's kind of a it's an all-encompassing positive, and I alluded to it earlier of how we're responding to adversity better than we have in the past. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many times that in the past, and this isn't me, this isn't me poo-pooing on a regime or poo-pooing on people in the past. You know, but this is just growth as a culture and growth as a football team. There were so many times I can remember us going down in a game or having a multiple turnover game where we couldn't stop the bleeding, right? Where one thing compounded onto another thing and it just got worse and worse and worse. And for us to be able to battle in this game, fight through some adversity, self-created adversity, and find a way to still come back in this game and give ourselves a chance only losing by three points, I like that for this program. I like that for Coach Rule, and I like that for the young players on this team to just learn what it means to have to fight through things and to continue to find ways to fight and to have a short memory, right? We used to have a coach that said, yeah, I have a goldfish memory, right? The goldfish lives like two seconds at a time. So it's like, oh, okay, what happened, right? (laughs) If you get burned deep, flush it, move on. Don't allow it to linger. Don't allow it to affect your play. Don't allow yourself to overthink. Just continue to play free and play fast and play physical. And I liked seeing that from this team, the way that they fought and they battled, and there wasn't any quit. There was no quit in this football team. And you're going to win a lot of games with that, with effort. Now it's just about cleaning up the execution. So the the couple of weeks before, we saw Heinrich um, Harburg connect on a couple of big plays and make some good passes, but was a little bit off, I guess, this week. And you know, and, and you've been saying this from the start, even when when Jeff Sims. I mean, this is a team that wants to run the football, but I guess maybe if you could talk us through, like as an offense, as an offensive line, when you're you're scheming for, um, you know, what what defenses might try to do if. How do you, I guess, combat going into it with maybe thinking, knowing that they're going to dare Nebraska to throw the football and even maybe even more so now with some of the schemes that they're drawing up? Yeah, and Michigan State absolutely did that. And what really is tough is we had our opportunities to capitalize on those pass plays. You know, we're never going to ask Harburg to be a 40-time-a-passer game, but the play-action deep shots and the ability to take the top off is something we have to have in our repertoire or else we're going to get really just nine-man boxes all day long and pound our heads against the wall. And what's, what was disheartening at times was we had a few of those shots. You know, Bullock had, I believe it was Bullock, had a chance to go and, and take the top off for a big, long touchdown, and it was either a misread by the receiver, a poor ball by Heinrich. It's hard to tell who was at fault there. Ended up in an interception. That should have been six points. And we have to capitalize on those big play opportunities. We have to find a way to make six points, flip the field, give ourselves a chance, and then that makes the defense back off a little bit of just stacking the box over and over again. And that's a big point of emphasis for me this week for this offense is, yes, we know we're not a pass first. We know we're not that. But we have to take advantage when we get the opportunity because they're going to come few and far and in between. They're not going to present themselves all the time. And we have to make sure that when they do present themselves, everyone's got to be locked in. Everyone's got to be on the same page. Protection's got to be great. The execution of the throw has to be great. The execution of the route and the catch. 
all have to be great because we're not an offense that can overcome those things time and time again with being young and being on a, a backup quarterback or a starting quarterback now that is still developing as a thrower. You know, all those things come into play where we can't afford to miss those shots. It's just not something we can afford to do right now. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Rule, I think, mentioned this, I think either it was in his press conference, either right after the game or on Monday, about not, he, he thought the pass protection could be better. And, again, I mean, just from, from what I'm seeing, it's it's not always just the offensive line. You have to always take into account, right, that when teams are doing what they're doing, it's everybody, it's the tight ends, it's the running backs, it's the fullbacks, whoever's in there. It, it, you know, it's at that point, the offensive line can't do it alone, right? Correct. Yeah, you know, pass protection is very much a team thing, and it does fall on the shoulders of the offensive line majority of the time, rightfully so, but so much of what passing game is is timing as well, right? Understanding the depth of the routes, running the correct routes against that per, that that certain coverage, right? Being able to convert routes from, hey, if this is a hook curl against cover two, but if he's a squat corner, you convert it into a go, and everyone being on the same page so that the ball comes out on time, that's another big piece of it, and also just making sure that Harburg isn't reading rush first and then trying to get to his first read as a passer. And I think there's a few times now where he's gotten hit early in the game, specifically within the pocket, where you start to see him as he takes his initial drop, his eyes are actually on the rush instead of down the field. And that happens with quarterbacks when they get hit a little bit. I can remember that happening to Adrian Martinez a few times a couple of years back where his first rush was, who do I have to make miss in the pocket? Or first read was, who do I have to make miss in the pocket? And then I'll push the ball down the field. Yeah. And that just screws the timing up completely. And so and that's what Rule's talking about is we need Harburg's eyes downfield. We need him to get to his first read right away so that the ball can get out of his hands quickly. And then if it's not there, we need him to get back to a little bit of what he was doing earlier in the year was, hey, if my first read's not there, let's not force it to a second or force it to a third. Let's use my legs, use my mobility, not take a sack, not take a negative play, get us into second and seven or get us into a third and manageable by using my legs and my physicality as a runner. You know, this sounds might sound a little crazy and, and dumb, and I'm not even sure how to phrase it, but... You know, I, I don't feel as, as concerned about this team coming off this loss in the psyche just because of how they've approached every week and they don't get too high when they, they win and they just move on to the next. And so I just, I feel like they will learn from this. And, and you know, I go back to like maybe some of the teams that I covered at Oklahoma where they very rarely lost two in a row because it really made them mad when they lost. And so I, I almost feel like that with this team, like, as opposed to, hey, we're at this point now we're, we're playing not to lose, but now it's it, we get mad when we lose, and now we got to move on and we got to get back in the win column and get back on the field. And I, I feel like this mindset has kind of moved towards that to where they will they will approach this week the right way as opposed to letting it linger and, and oh, my, oh my, we we lost another one, but it's on to the next at this point. Yeah, and we've had three weeks in a row of feeling what it like what it's like to win football games, and that is – a high that you will chase forever. It, winning a football game at any level is extremely difficult and very hard to do. And when you can do it, it's the most rewarding feeling ever. And now that they've had a taste of that feeling for five times this year, for the first time in a long time, we have five wins. And that's five times of feeling that feeling of joyous, amazing victory. And then you throw a, a loss on top of it. It makes that loss sting that much more. And it makes that bad taste in your mouth linger that much more because it's not a familiar feeling anymore. So long when you've lost multiple games in a row and you're a two-win team, a three-win team year after year, 
that loss feeling almost becomes normal. It almost becomes that normalcy of, oh, we lost again. Okay, that's fine. We'll go back to work. Versus you put it on the flip side now, if we've won so many games this year, that that sting and that taste is just more bitter and mm-hmm. it's, it hurts more and it really just drives you a lot more to get away from that and get back into that win column. And very similar to what you said at Oklahoma, that's what makes the team shift from losing teams to winning teams is how you respond in adversity to losing a football game like that. And it goes back to, again, what Coach Rule's building here. How does he approach this, right? This is his first time as a head coach of this team coaching after a win streak right it's you want to win them all obviously everyone always does but it's hard to do and very few teams can actually do it and coaches now have to adapt to how do i respond in my coaching techniques how do i respond in my team message to a team like this that came off a win streak where do i need to push a little harder where do i maybe to pull back and give a little bit of love all that stuff plays into a factor and it's all going to be a learning experience for everyone on this team coaching staff down because it's the first time they're all doing it together but that just goes back to this is a regrowth of a team this is a regroup this is a rebuild everything's different this year everything's new this year so everyone's just learning and moving together valentino's a slice of home you just can't get anywhere else What started with a treasured family recipe in Lincoln, Nebraska, has become a classic Italian tradition for 65 years. Okay, let's move on to Maryland now. And, boy, this is another team that um, hasn't done what they've expected to do. They're reeling a little bit. What have you seen from Maryland, and and especially over here over the last few weeks where they've they've slipped up? It seems like ever since halftime of the Ohio State game for Maryland, things have kind of gone off the rails. And, you know, watching that first half of the Ohio State game going, man, Maryland's toe-to-toe with these guys. They're rolling. And then ever since then, they just have not gotten back on track. The receivers seem to be off with the quarterback. The run game hasn't really gotten going. You know, this is an offense that started the year extremely explosive, big-time plays, throwing the ball over the yard with Tua, Tua's little brother, Tagovailoa. Oh, I said it right. Little little Tagovailoa. You know, I think he is a playmaker. He's an NFL-style quarterback that will be playing on Sundays, but he's trying to do too much right now. He's feeling that load and that pressure of, man, I have to go. I have to make this whole team go. And he's forcing a lot of things, throwing some bad interceptions. And I think with him coming into Lincoln, with Tony White's defense feeling fired up from last week, I think we're really going to try and pressure and get after him and try and have him force a few things. But this is a team that could get back on track and put up a lot of points because of the playmakers and the explosive that they do have on the edges on offense. Yeah, to me, that's um, you, you, and, and we've talked a lot about this, but the game that worried me a little bit the most about the turnover issues was Maryland because if you turn it over in their territory, they are more than likely going to take advantage of that. So how much, I mean, I know we say it every week, but against a team like Maryland that absolutely can put up the points and in a hurry, how much more critical does it become taking care of the football? Yeah, way more critical. Also, time of possession in this game is going to be big, too. I know we won it last week. We won time of possession last week. You know, and so that's going to be something that we have to continue to do this week, running the football effectively, keeping the ball out of their hands, and when we can, flip the field, making them go the distance. And number one priority, obviously, is taking care of the football because you're absolutely right. This is a team that can strike and strike quickly, and it reminds me a little bit of the CU offense, you know, with the ability they're just kind of going to throw it all over the yard, trying to get guys yards after the catch. Our tackling on the back end has to continue to be very good from our DBs and our linebackers of when they throw a bubble screen or a quick slant, getting that guy on the ground right away, not letting 
not letting a six-yard slant turn into a 20-yard gain. You know, so that's a big point of emphasis here. And then on the defensive side, you know, just trying to get some turnovers for this offense that's struggling. You know, our, our Nebraska offense is obviously still trying to struggle, still sputtering at times, looks great at times, looks awful at times. And so finding a way for the black shirts to take the ball away and give us the short field and give us the easy opportunity to, hey, let's maybe only get a couple first downs here and then be in field goal range or a chance to score a touchdown versus have to drive inside our own six-yard line or fair catch and punts inside our own five-yard line. Those type of things just do not help this offense at all and do not help this team at all. Yeah, should mention in fairness to the offense, it's they're not the only issue with turnovers. The defense aren't forcing enough when mm -hmm. they, that, they've said that. That's you know, been an issue for a few weeks now that, uh, you know, from the start of the season, really, that they've got to, they've got to be able to do that what too. Yeah, one thing I wanted to mention before we get too far is I forgot a big positive from last week for me was zero penalties. Yes. You know, zero penalties. That that's a, that's something I want to see us continue to grow on. That's the sign of a disciplined team, and that's the sign of not beating yourselves. Right? Turnovers, you beat yourself. Penalties, you beat yourself. And we took care of the penalty issue last week, but it's the turnovers issue that was really beating ourselves last week. But I wanted to throw a shout out to the team and playing a clean game last week in that respect. We're gonna have to do that again this week against Maryland, not to put ourselves in third and long or second and long because of a pre-snap penalty. And I've been asking for it all year. You know, everything from the operation was much better this year. Uh, last week as well so just continuing to build off that for this week in Maryland and should be easier too because we are home how do you like the matchup between the Maryland offensive line and the Nebraska defensive line what are you seeing out of that matchup yeah you know they have a very good left tackle in Delmar Glaze you know I think he's working himself to be a, a second team first team all conference consideration but you know they want to be a physical group up front and I think we're going to match physicality with physicality. I think it's going to be a great battle. You know, a lot of teams have been able to get to the quarterback against this group with blitzes and that type of thing. But when you just rush four or three against this group, they've done a nice job of protecting the quarterback. So I think you need to try and confuse this group. You need to try and get them on different pages. Stunts are going to be big. How they pass stunts off hasn't been phenomenal. So, you know, I think a lot of stunts and that. But honestly, it's going to be one in the trenches on the defensive side, offensive side between Maryland and the black shirts, as it always is every single week. You know, but I'd love to see Nash and Ty and those guys continuing to just keep getting better, keep pushing the pocket, keep collapsing the pocket, getting the quarterback off their spot. But it's also going to be very important that guys like Jamari Butler – um, Judy and Lenhart keep him in the pocket, right? This is a guy that can hurt you with his legs and get on the edge and create. So being, being very disciplined in our rush lanes, understanding when it's a time to pin your ears back and go, when it's a time to contain, right? All that stuff's going to be really important this week for that defensive line. You said it last week that there, Michigan State had a couple of, of really talented defensive linemen. Coach Rule alluded to the physicality of that. Is the Maryland defense going to be able to duplicate the game plan that Michigan State just did and had success with? I think they're going to try. I don't think they quite have the physicalness up front to just line up like Michigan State did and say, we're not going to blitz a ton. We're not going to shoot guys and stunt guys and move guys because we are so stout. I think Maryland's more of a move defense. I think we're going to see a lot of stunts, slants, trying to get our guys to slow down as they run. And they know our big thing is you hear Rayla run off the football, run, 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 run for offensive line. How do you slow down an offensive line by making them run? You slant and you move as a defensive line. You make the offensive lineman think. 
right? Because if you think and you hesitate for a second, that allows a guy to crease a gap or that allows a linebacker to plug a hole. So I really would anticipate a lot of movement from this defensive line from Maryland, a lot of downhill from this linebacking core, and then safeties being up in the box for run support. So I think they are going to try and blueprint a little bit of what Michigan State does and then put their own type of flavor with move stuff on it. Okay, so um, offensively, what are the key? I mean, besides not... Nope. Turning the football key, over. What are key some, number one. I know, but what are, what are some other things that do you think the, the offense could do to, to have some more success this week? Yeah, you know, obviously key number one, take care of the football. Um, key number two is continue to get the ball in Emmett Johnson's hands. You know, he averaged over four yards to carry again last week. The year week before was almost six. So he's doing a great job when the football is in his hands of getting efficient runs. So I'd like to see his workload continue to increase more. I also think we need to have a few more called quarterback runs. You know, we're getting to the end point of the season here. You know, so much you talk about keeping your quarterback healthy. Well, we're playing for a bowl game. We got to get there. It's time to empty the tank. And if that means we need to have... 10 to 12 truly called quarterback lead runs, draws, sweeps, whatever they may be. I think that needs to get put back in the game plan a little bit more to get let Harburg kind of get in the flow, get in the rhythm with that. And then the last thing is what we talked about earlier in the show, taking advantage when we have the deep shot opportunities or taking advantage when we have an ability to hit a big explosive play down the field in the passing game, executing on all of those things. Okay, so overall, not just offense, keys, number one, taking care of the football, what's two and three? <laughs> <laughs> two and three um, is going to go towards uh, special teams, making all your kicks, flipping the field position. You know, last week's special teams hurt us in the return game, giving our offense a long field. So we'd like to see us take advantage of knowing when to fair catch, knowing when to let it try and bounce the end zone, and then trying to create an explosive return, whether on kickoff or punt return, and then making all of our kicks from uh, the field goal perspective. And then the number three thing is to just control your emotions. You know, coming off a big loss like that, don't try and do too much. Don't try and think you have to push more than you did last week. Just stay the course, execute the game plan, come out and be in control of your emotions. Don't let your emotions control you and just continue to find ways to go out and play within the scheme and let the plays come to you. I know you can't do anything about the schedule, but is it helpful a little bit that it's home, away, home, away, home, here to, yeah. to close it out. Yeah, that, that is helpful to, to have a little bit of like, okay, it's not just like in a big away stretch. I mean, Michigan State having their senior day on, what was that, November 4th, right? Like you're talking about a full month on the road, and that's a tough thing to do. And so it is nice to have a kind of regroup at home, go battle on the road, regroup at home, go battle on the road, or vice versa, whatever way that plays out. But it's really good to kind of have those resets in between there and you can kind of get into a little bit of a rhythm here in the last month of the season all right going back to this week last thing i got just what's the first thing you're going to like recognize pick up on when you tune on this football game what are you going to be looking for i want to see the effort in which we come out and play with i want to see the the hair on fire effort the guys running all over the field guys offensive linemen chasing the ball down on running backs finishing runs receivers catching the ball the execution, the effort, and the energy needs to come out because this is a Maryland team that, again, is, is reeling. They're tough. They're in a tough position. If we can jump all over this team early, I like our chances of winning the game. But if we allow them to come out and we have to try and match their effort and match their intensity, we're going to be in a dogfight. But I'd love for us to see out and, and have higher intensity, higher effort, higher everything of off-the-field stuff and translate it on then Maryland and make them be playing catch-up against us, not the, vice, not the other way around. Uh, one thing I should have mentioned, too, earlier, you said this last week about how you knew you, when you were going to win football games Tuesday and Wednesday. I talked to Isaac Gifford after the game, and he said, 
it wasn't good enough throughout the week. We didn't do what we had to do, and that's on me. He's like, I, I need to sp- I need to be one that stands up and speaks louder, not just in the game because it's too, it's almost too late by then. It's, it's the things that we're doing throughout the week. And so going back to your point about figuring things out and what it takes to win football games, I think this is a wake up call is, oh, what you're doing in the week is absolutely critical to what you're doing on a Saturday. Absolutely. And Gifford knows it. The leaders on this team know it. And the young guys have to understand that too. They have to be able to self scout and go, what did I not do last week? that what did I do not good enough last week that I have to improve upon this week. I don't have to change everything. I just have to improve on the stuff that I didn't do well during the week last week or didn't execute in practice well because that is a direct translation to Saturdays. All right. Great stuff as always. Uh, Safe travels to you and the family, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. All right. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. This has been another episode of The Sideline Slice presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Thanks for listening.